0: This is Freedom Studios Podcast. I'm Aisha Khan, Co-Artistic Director of Freedom Studios. In today's episode, Joanna Jowett, Arts Marketing Manager and Consultant, will be talking to Alex Chisholm and Dermot Daly. The conversation will be about digital theatre and the company's work in this area over the past few years. Dermot is an actor, writer, director and filmmaker. He was Associate Director on VD Stories, working across plays Though Thriller and Number Four. Alex is co-artistic director and my partner in crime at Freedom Studios, a director, producer and dramaturg. Joanna begins by asking Alex about North Country, a play set in post-apocalyptic Bradford, and one which Freedom Studios produced and then live cast back in 2017. This particular play set the ball rolling for the exploration of digital work within the company, In these ever-changing coronavirus times, it seems very appropriate to look at where we started and where we've got to, and how theatre, combined with a digital platform, might well be a way of creating exciting and interesting and accessible work in the future. And that's all from me, let's hear more from Alex. So we
1: produced North Country as a uh, live stage version, although it wasn't on a stage, it was in a disused MS building on Darley Street in Bradford in an installation that Makazi, the designer, had built in there. And it had a relatively short run, over two weeks, and we were looking at potentially touring it, but that was prohibitively expensive, uh, particularly if you're looking at going into non-theatre spaces and at that time uh, we had a technologist in residence Imran Ali who with his business partner uh, runs a company called Carbon Imagineering which is a digital R&D company based in Bradford and he had helped us already do some experiments really digital experiments with the live version so we did one a uh, 360 video which can still be seen on YouTube and uh one or two actually short broadcasts on Facebook live and so in conversation with him uh we came up with the idea of remaking it as a live cast for Facebook live and the idea of that is was not to capture the stage version Uh, but to remake it specifically for the medium of Facebook Live, uh, which we saw people watching either on um, computers but also on mobile devices. And the reason why that felt that that would fit with North Country, one was the actual almost like the, the format of the play itself, that a lot of it was a direct address, so characters speaking directly to the audience, and that could happen via a mobile phone. And also because it's a post-apocalyptic play, uh, we were very interested in, in what technology would be in that world. So built into the whole aesthetic of the original production was the idea that this technology became something almost totemic. So it's as if these characters are using this form of dead technology, the mobile device to tell their story to us, the audience.
2: And was there any sort of thing that you needed to change significantly about the play or the production to make it work? Did you, did you edit it or make changes? with north
1: country we didn't actually have to change the text at all it was suitable for that format uh what we did have to think about was what is what's the theatrical language that fits that medium which is different from the theatrical language that fitted the stage medium and um so what we came up with is that the whole thing was staged within a burnt out building in Bradford um, and that different segments of the play. So the, the play is actually set over uh four different time frames. So uh and and now when the plague hits, a year in the future, ten years in the future and forty years in the future. And so those different times, but also different parts of the play were staged on different floors of the building, uh, which have very, very different feels to them. So it was a way of not creating something that was filmic in the sense of realistic, um, but finding a theatrical language
2: which worked for that digital medium. That's quite interesting that you, the the sort of set, the setting was quite important, um, and I guess that that offers you lots of opportunities when um, you don't need to consider um, a live audience in the space with you, but you're you're considering sort of more, more what they're seeing on the screen. Um, those opportunities to move around a building like that. Um, and was there was there sort of an editing process to it? Did or was it? Sort it of was just li- filmed and
1: yeah. No, it was live edited, so it, it yeah. happened live software that we use to capture it is called switcher studio uh so each performer had a mobile phone which uh, was connected to an ipad which i had and there's um kind of editing facility so i was able to select which camera was live at each point but also switch between front and back cameras so we rehearsed it so we had the whole thing staged but also worked out which camera was live at which time and whether it was pointing front or back but we had to do the whole we chose actually we had to we chose to do the whole <laughs> thing live to make our lives more difficult yeah um and the one thing that was quite complicated is that the devices that were handheld by the performers didn't pick up the sound. So they all had to be miked. So there was a sound person, live mixing, who had to be attached by a wire (laughs) to my iPad. uh, And we had to follow the action because this was a burnt out building. So there's no Wi-Fi, there's no power. So everything had to be done off 4G. Um, which was run off a mobile phone in my pocket. So we all had to be within a certain radius of each other. Um, So we had to be staged also. So this production team was always out of shot. um, And I just had to know what shot was coming up next. The good thing is, is obviously I'd already directed the play, so I knew it really, really well. I think that's one of the aspects that we're really interested in, in exploring live digital theatre that there is a live element to it that it's not filmed and then edited and then broadcast but whatever it is is happening in real time and that means that there are accidents and glitches and things that don't quite go right but in the way that that happens in theatre and that's a natural and enjoyable part of live theatre we're looking for how that is a natural and enjoyable part of the live digital experience.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important. Something I, I definitely wanted you you both to touch on was um, the live audience and how sort of integral that is to to this way of working or um, it being understood as theatre and not being understood as, as a different genre. Is there anything you, you'd want to chip in on that, Dermot?
3: No, I just think I think there is something very interesting in thinking about these pieces as stories, um, and thinking about storytelling and how storytelling can be fitted to different mediums, and how the method of telling the story almost becomes the story. So with North Country, you know, telling this story of a post-apocalyptic world in a building that looks post-apocalyptic kind of does it for you. There is a level of imagination there which, which theatre asks you to bring. And there's also not a very heightened level of actually leave your imagination at home because here are some explosions so you can see them. So it's sitting in that kind of hinterland between theatre and film, but it's live. And I think that liveness, that that feeling of, as Alex says, something could go wrong and that joy is still there. I think it was really important to maintain.
2: And do you think, um, maybe this is once for Alex, in terms of North Country, do you think it um, affected the actors and their performance and how how important that live audience is to the actors um, and does it make them perform in a different way? Because obviously they're performing in front of cameras and, and we know the differences between sort of acting on stage and, and acting for film and television. Um, but I thought, I wondered if they'd talked about that to you.
1: Well, I definitely think the, the act of doing it live brought a certain amount of tension and adrenaline <laughs> <laughs> to to the whole thing. The fact that it is happening and it keeps rolling and you keep going is, is a very different emotional space than, oh, yeah, if it goes wrong, we just stop and redo it. Uh, and I yeah. think that for North Country, which is largely set within a world where you are quite tense and stressed was quite helpful. Um, It's something that we want to explore more um, and we um, and I'm sure we're going to get on to discuss this more. um, But we have been uh, looking at developing a specially designed app uh, for live digital theatre. Um, where we can get more of a connection between the audience and the performer. So with North Country, because we were using solely pre-existing tools, which is Studio and Facebook Live, the actors couldn't get any feedback in in the moment from the audience. Um, There are ways um, in which that can happen, um, whereby reactions from the audience can be fed back in real time to the performance and may, in fact, in some way affect the performance. And that's
2: actually something that uh, I'm very interested in exploring next. I was going to say, yeah, how different is the technology now? And um, and how much has that sort of changed in the last few years since that first live casting of North Country? That you're aware of well we are changing it yeah uh, <laughs> to be honest we're doing
1: it we're doing that work so subsequent to working on north country uh, this is an area that uh, we've been very interested in uh, carrying on exploring and have um made multiple funding application bids to do so and the very very lovely people at xr stories uh, which is a um A project uh, based at the University of York, which is to develop the uh, screen and digital industries of Yorkshire and Humberside, gave us a bit of money, which we used um, uh, on a project called BD Stories, which was to do this thing of seeing if we could uh, develop specific tools for digital tools for this. So this was working with Dermot with Carbon Imagineering um, and with the um, two plays that we, we'd already produced live um, by Aina-Jane Khan and Asma El-Badawi. Uh, and this is what we were actually doing as as lockdown <laughs> happened.
3: <laughs> we, were,
1: we were in the process of making digital live theatre as all theatre closed down. Um, so we're, we're part of the way there in having... Built specific tools that would enable both the creation and the reception of live digital theatre to happen more easily, but also to allow for things like for the audience to have a a greater perception of each other so that you get more of a sense of, oh, we are the audience and we've arrived in this digital space together to see this thing, Uh, for the audience to be able to perceive each other's reactions and for the performers to be able to perceive those reactions, and for the audience to have uh, a greater ability of interactivity with the story, which might mean uh, scrolling backwards and forwards, it might mean getting more information, it might be some accessibility tools like captioning or signing, it might be being able to swap between the, the, or have the live stream and the script simultaneously, there are lots of different aspects. Um, it might be that we can actually, well, we know we can do this. The facility is there, but it might the audience member can change whose perspective they're seeing the play from. So wow. there isn't one camera angle that everyone's watching. You get to choose.
3: It pushes that idea of um, it being somewhere between film and theatre, because obviously in theatre you look at what you want to look at. Um, whereas in film, you are directed towards that by, appropriately enough, the director. Um, so yeah, finding that hinterland is gonna be really interesting, I think.
2: Yeah, and how did you find that um, working with the app, Derma, was it, is it something that you've been playing with before or um, have you seen similar technologies?
3: I've not seen an app like it. So the the, the app that we use for BD Stories, um, if I'm not mistaken, Alex, and correct me if I'm wrong, it went live the day before we we, we ran?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was right. It, it was literally being built right up to the last second. These things take a long time and there's going to be many iterations as we discover what it can do and what we want it to do and what other people might use it for. So this was just a, a beginning R&D to try and kind of get started on it but yes it was it was very very brand new technology
2: and i think that's um something that's quite interesting as well because it's new and it's evolving and developing all the time um is whether we can shape that technology and the, the app to do the things that that you're interested in doing creatively rather than the app sort of dictating the creative process or the, the way that you're working and um, so I'm quite interested in that sort of dialogue and how it's kind of a collaboration really between theatres and theatre companies and those that make theatre and those that are innovating the technology and creating the apps.
3: Yeah I, I think it's, it's a two-way street I think the app can't develop unless the creatives it, you know it's, it's that notion of what can we do creatively? I would like to do X. Technologists, is that possible? It is, but we might need to do this instead. And kind of finding a middle ground in the same way that you would in a theatre. You know, how how do I stage this basketball game? Well, we can't bring a basketball court onto the stage. So how can we produce the same effect? And it's I think that that's where the creativity comes in. It's that level of, well, you know, creativity 90% of the time is solving problems. So I think the creative elements with the technological elements become more creative. And from that, the new medium will come out of those conversations and that dialogue between the two, which will, much like theatre, I assume and hope, continue to evolve.
1: The whole R&D was designed to be collaborative and not just between the people designing and building the app and ourselves, but also with potential users and audiences. So we had uh, a couple of workshops during the process with members of our youth theatre to get a sense from them as what they were currently using in terms of watching stories online. How would they see it working? it's it's a very integrated process uh it isn't as if we go oh could you build us x and they deliver x and then we say could you make it a bit more like this
3: um
1: as i said i think we're we're all a really early stage of what this could be and it will develop a lot more um so we're exploring together to get to one version of it. And then I think audiences and artists will begin to explore that. And then they will say what it is that they want or they will be interested in, and
2: then it it will develop further.
3: And that's the exciting bit, right?
2: Yes. (laughs) It's incredibly exciting how sort of creative Mm. that collaboration can be really, and, and how it can go in so many different directions what i'm also interested in is again sort of back to theater and and the different productions you might be making that that some of those things um would would work or might be more adaptive to this type of way of working and and work as digital theatre and and other things maybe not and that you still need that physical presence of an audience or you'd want the audience to to be live in the you know in this actual physical space. I'm quite interested in that and especially as an artistic director of Freedom Studios but when you're making decisions about which productions, which scripts, which plays you might be interested in working with in this way and those that you might not be and I think that's a really sort of interesting new area that a lot of people are are talking about and a lot of people are grappling with at the moment because of the pandemic and because of a lot of work being made to go online well the the two times we've we've played with it so far it's
1: been stage pieces which we've uh, retrospectively made to fit this different format and the thing that I'm interested in doing next is actually creating a piece of work which is designed to work with this format in some way so to actually think of that from the beginning of the process rather than at some way along the process so that's what we're working on now and there's a new version of antigone um set in contemporary or kind of contemporary maybe near future bradford uh which is uh being written by Kamal Khan who's a Bradford playwright and who was in north country as well as a performer so has actually got a uh, some experience of this already and we're looking at this from an early point of its its writing is as a potentially live digital hybrid and that's to do with the actual subject matter of the play um because in our world uh the antigone character whose name is alia is becomes an activist during the play and so much of activism as we know has a very strong digital uh component to it a lot of that connection uh happens online as well as live so there's something in the nature of the play. We're also looking at what the chorus is within that world. And if there's essentially a way that there's a digital online chorus that incorporates the audience, that some of the play plays out in the digital space and some of it live. We, I mean, we've been thinking about this since before coronavirus appeared on any of our consciousnesses. But given the situation we're in, uh, it's also possible to look at different ways that that play could happen. So it could potentially happen in a way that is non-contact at all. So there's no live people together in a space or limited contact. So there are some, but so maybe just the performers in a space, but all the audience is distant or performers in the same space some audience in the same space and a digital audience and all of those things are possible Uh, they just have different feels to them Um, one of the things Imran says is that digital is a material not a medium so it's part of what makes the play and it's part of the meaning of the play it's not just the means by which you broadcast the play so it's not just the interface between the audience and the play. It is part of what makes that play and it's part of what makes the play have its meaning. So the same way a sound design would or a lighting design or a or the set design or a performance, how you're using that digital medium and what's it saying and what aspects of it you decide to use and what aspects of it you decide not to use and in what ways, all contribute to the experience and therefore the meaning of that piece which is why it feels important not just to go all right well anything can be broadcast because it's not about broadcasting it's about making that piece in that
2: particular way and there being a reason to do so. Those are really really important questions Um, and I think we're all quite aware that there's um, within theatre people asking those and and a lot of work being like you said being broadcast that maybe wasn't actually meant for that you know for full broadcast or um none of those things have been considered um they're more sort of you know documentary pieces or recordings of of live shows so i think that's quite interesting and i know you're quite interested um, in how this is almost like a new genre and you've written that really that really interesting blog piece about um the sort of the gaps between these different areas of, of making theater and making film and i wondered if uh, you had a bit more to say about that
3: I mean, I quite like the idea of audience interaction. I think a piece of theatre isn't complete until it's in front of an audience. I think that's, you know, something hopefully we can all agree on. But it's how does that audience interact and receive and impact on that piece of work and respond to it that that makes it? Obviously, we're at a point where we're all distant, and you know, many people have not seen another human being for weeks, months, even. And I think it's highlighted we are social animals. We 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 kind of rely on each other, um, and I think the last couple of months have really highlighted that um, within society. And I think theatre and storytelling has a massive part to play in, in bringing people together. And if we can't physically be together, let's explore ways that we can be together in other ways. You know, the, the, the notion of socially and social being, you know, is it a verb or is it a noun? How are we using that word? You know, we can be physically apart from each other, but it doesn't mean that emotionally we're not tied And finding stories that allow us to bind to a story and therefore to ourselves and to our wider community and our friends and our family, that's really important. And not seeing it as a bolt-on. I was talking to someone a couple of of days ago about removal. So you have a piece of theatre, a story that is in the mind of the creators and the... uh, the creatives, obviously the actors and the, the writers, directors, and the the lighting and the sound and all that sort of stuff, and that's one one level of mediation. And then that gets mediated to an audience. And there's there's a there's a there's a gap there, and that gap is filled with meaning. And I think once you start to just record theatre as an archival piece, you're adding another gap for meaning to be filled with. Because, you know, you're, if you're watching a piece of archive theatre, you're watching people watching something that was created by the people who are performing it. You know, I'm old enough to remember cassette tapes. At what point does it just become noise and not the sound that was initially there and the initial impetus that was initially there? And I think removing those layers of mediation and thinking about creating for and with the medium that you're, you're using... Or using the tools of that medium, using that material, to use Imran's word, is a nice and important and thoughtful way of thinking about stories. Because, you know, who knows when we're going to be able to gather in theatres and sit next to each other and have ice cream. And so I've just gone off into a reverie there.
2: No, it's really good. It, it, it's really interesting to sort of think about that live digital sitting in the gap. Maybe you should think about not creating something that would sit firmly in one camp, you know, as a, as a film or one camp as a theatre. But actually, yeah, I really like that word material and using the material of um, of the digital. So. Yeah, that's definitely answered my question. Thank you. Good. I didn't know if there was anything else. Any, any other things that had come up in either the BD Stories and the app that we were playing with just before lockdown began um, or through the North Country Cast. Any other sort of moments of surprise or moments of um, discovering something new and, and questions that, that those two projects raised that you maybe wanted to, to touch on just before we finish today?
3: I was really interested in how the actors interacted on bd stories i was really interested in how they responded to the digital space as opposed to the live space and it was something that you touched upon earlier around the idea of acting is different for screen and for for theater and it was a question that one of the actors um raised and i still don't have the answer are we acting for theater are we acting for for film and tv what is this that's, a, that's an area that I'd like to explore more from a, from a performative point of view. And that kind of threw up a lot of questions, actually, because you kind of think, well, what is the difference? Why is there a difference? Um, how can that difference be used and incorporated or mitigated and removed? Does it need to be either of those things? What does it say about the characters? What does it say about the story? You know, I think the lovely thing about this and the lovely thing about theatre and storytelling in general, for me, is that it always throws up more questions than answers. And I'm really interested in questions.
1: I think we we are at an early stage, and the early stage of anything is actually a really exciting place to be because it is so open still to be explored. My ongoing interest is what are the stories that can be made by and for the specific um, aesthetics and capabilities of our mobile devices so many of us have them not not everybody has them by any means and and I don't think that this is the only way of making performance and will ever replace live theater Uh, it's just one other way of making work but given that so many of us have them and so many of us use them and are emotionally connected to them what work can we make for them which uses the kind of language and uses that we we usually have for them so there's the sort of choices we make in terms of making the pieces but then also it's what the audience is enabled to do and what the role the audiences take because there's not one way of being an audience in theatre that mm. is so wide open. You know, there are pieces where you're expected to sit very quietly and only make, you know, your responses at the very specific designated ways and very specific designated times. Uh, and you and those rules, you get very frowned upon if you, if you break those. And then there are other audience contexts where you can make lots of responses. That is expected and encouraged. And you can move about and you can interact a lot more. So exploring the digital space for performance, I'm interested in what are all the different ways we can create work and enable audiences via these devices.
2: That's a really nice point to end on. Thank you both so much. um, Thank uh, you. Lots of food for thought. Hopefully. (laughs) Yes.